What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life. Do you know what I'm talking about? It is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. Just a whole lot of hooting and hollering here, uh, and that's not public, by the way, <laughs> on the radio station. It is uh, 26 minutes after the hour, and we're pleased to be in studio with Felix Alvarado. He is the end-all and be-all of the Straight A Academy, uh, which is located in uh, the Tony town of Bedford, immediately to our west here. Uh, straightA.com is where you can learn about how they will help your students with standardized testing, picking the right college, individual subject tutoring and then full private tutelage that and oh so much more it's all at straightA.com that's straightA.com learn why they say innovation in education is their reason for being good morning Felix how are you morning rich and you certainly have had some opportunities to innovate haven't you yes yes you learned well from your time as a public school teacher yeah well one of the innovations that we're working on right now is is uh, working with West West High School. Oh, you're Goffstown. working with Oh, yeah, for and, the uh, right for like the mass for uh, the school wide test prep. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And and getting our students ready to improve their scores on the SAT. And uh, you know, we ran a pilot last year. We we thought it was successful. Uh, Goffstown was able to see it was able to report back some uh, measurable differences. And uh, we learned, listened to the teachers and to the administrators and made adjustments. And we're back with a um, second year of our pilot. And we're excited about uh, engaging our teachers a whole lot more because that's where, you know, the education really takes place, isn't it? Between the teachers and the students right in the classroom. So, so we're really excited to uh, engage all of our teachers and get them using some of our materials and helping get their kids ready for the test uh, in March. Good, good. So, yeah, it's kind of a, a tricky wicket. And I have to underst- I have to tell you, I'm not sure I quite understand um, why you would do that because it would seem to me that you would be eating into your own natural marketplace of people who would go to you for the private lessons like we have with our son who did go through the West High School classes – and who did find them somewhat helpful, but obviously the private stuff was, uh, you know, the, the right was was yeah, more I, helpful. Well, I, I guess we don't see it as eating into the market. We see two things. Number one, um, when you when you look at our at our typical clients, um, we have been serving largely in, in in smaller groups and individual attention. And uh, my objective was to take what. Uh, our clients who were able to afford our services, uh, you know, take, take take that kind of training and to bring it to some of the kids who could not really afford uh, to get help with the preparation for the test. That, that's always been my objective right. uh, as far as reaching out to the uh, underserved, if so you will. So it's your desire to serve. Yeah. And and honestly, as we went through this in our heads and, and, and tried to come up with a way to reach them, we felt like the only, only way that we knew how that we could consistently and, and confidently have an impact and reach them and be available to them in times when they're available would be through the schools. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's what uh, kind of gave rise to the, uh, to the pilot program. So we're excited going into year two of, we hope, three 
three pilot years, and then we should have our uh, all of our ducks in a row and, and be able to present this uh, hopefully statewide and then go to uh, other states that also require the SAT. Cool. All right. So now beyond the SAT, I mean, uh, someone is talking to me uh, about taking the ACT. Someone told me mm-hmm. recently that if kids struggle with the SAT, they oftentimes will get better scores on the ACT. Yes. And I don't understand that or why that is. And I'm assuming you tutor mm-hmm. kids on how to work right. with both tests and, and Yeah, and there's, a, and there's a lot of crossover between the right. two in terms of preparation. So why would someone do better on the ACT than the SAT or vice versa? Uh, there, there are a number of factors that come into play between these two tests. Uh, the saying used to be, oh, take the, SA- take the ACT, it's easier than the SAT. You know, that, that was always kind of the mantra. In some ways it was easier because the, the SAT was just a little trickier wording and so forth. Um, and now it, I would say I've been noticing for the first time some of my students doing better on the SAT than on the ACT. So... The two major factors would be, number one, the time allotted per question. And number two, the the um, convoluted language being used. So so the SAT uses languages a little bit trickier, mm-hmm. and uh, but it gives... Uh, so the ACT is a more straightforward it's, test. The questioning is more straightforward. Oh. Well, maybe we should have Dominic take the SAT because he, he doesn't deal well with the tricky language. Well, that, that was one of the things that I wanted to, to mention to him was that, uh, but, you know, it was kind of late in the game at that point. At this point, he's, he's a senior and he's got all of his early applications going. But, but the ACT, so, so I've observed some students who, who need more time per question. If, they, if they're given that extra time, they can wrestle through the wordiness and figure out, what, okay, now I know what they want. Mm-hmm. And, and so having more time serves them on the SAT. The ACT, even though it's more direct in this question, line of questioning, there's less time per question. Mm-hmm. So I had a student who, who scored, he, you know, he scored well on the ACT, but he couldn't score as well as I, you know, I, I knew he should be able to uh, because of time. The time was a factor. Then he took the, the SAT and he scored, you know, lights out because he had a little extra time per question. Um, uh, conversely, I had a number of students who I just could not help them get to the level where I, you know, I, I knew working with them personally how, how, how high a score I expected from them on the SAT. And even though they did, we did improve their scores, we mm-hmm. just couldn't reach that level. And so they took the ACT and lights out. They killed it. So really? So when's the next ACT? The next ACT is December. The really? December 9th, I believe. It's the second Saturday in December. Hmm. It still might be worth it for Dominic to take that, by yeah. the way. Because he, uh, he doesn't want to... Uh, I don't think he wants to take the SAT a third time. Yeah, no. I, I it, it's usually the third time... Now, when I say the third time taking a test, I, I don't mean necessarily specifically only the SAT, I mean, switching between SAT and ACT, because like I said, there's a lot of crossover. A lot of the yeah. concepts are, are very similar, but um, it's usually around the third time of testing that students tend to peak. So he might want to consider taking the, uh, the December ACT. Well, if he hasn't tried to call you already, I'll make sure he does. Yeah, he left me a message last night, by the way. I just <laughs> I didn't get back to him because I had a class till late. Gotcha. <laughs> 
Indeed. All right. So I, I don't know if that's part of what you planned on talking about today or <laughs> where right. we're going from here. But Well, I, I did want to talk about testing in general. I, I really did because I, one of the questions that I've always had is, you know, what are we supposed to use to measure student progress? How, okay. how, how, how can we measure student progress? Now, the professional educators in the classroom can have a variety of ways of, of assessing student uh, competency. Right. There, there's, there are a lot of different things that teachers can do. They can give uh, oral tests. They can give uh, um, project-based. They can give a straight-up uh, test, you know, multiple choice or not. But at some point and some way, we need to assess student progress. Now, on a, like I said, on an individual teacher's level, I, I, I trust an educator to be able to measure progress. But for oversight and other reasons, we really need a, a bigger – system or a bigger way of of uh, measuring not just individual student progress but also uh school progress you know how how the students in the entire school doing so it's it's kind of a conundrum really you know the those who eschew testing um how how would they recommend that we measure progress i mean it, i don't see any way out of some sort of standardized testing mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, you know why would a college take it? Uh, I want to go back to this ACT, SAT thing. Mm-hmm. What's the difference between them, and why would one? Why would a college pick one over the other? I guess and a lot of colleges take them both now. Yeah, the, most colleges have always taken both or either, and um, did not show preference to one or the other because they felt that they were both high quality tests and predictive of student mm-hmm. achievement. Why, why is a test more predictive than say their their grade point average? Their you know, their mm-hmm. the curriculum. That they, they, just, well, first and foremost, know. GPA is the number one, uh, the number one mm-hmm. uh, predictor, the number one weighted or unweighted factor that they look at, that colleges look at. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the problem is you know, grades can vary from school to school and what an A or a B or B plus means in one school might not mean exactly the same in another school or from one teacher to another teacher. And for that matter, from one student to another student, because so if there's a personality problem a, between teacher right. and student. So, but you're trying to say that these tests are an equalizer. A predi- I mean, I I guess I really don't understand. Well, yeah, uh, you know, <laughs> there are a lot of students who are uninspired, let's say, uh-huh. and not really producing in the classroom, and they're getting C's, but their their academic capacity is much greater than what they've shown in their GPA. So if they can do well on the SAT or the ACT, they can show, hey, I'm maybe I've been a little bit uh, uninspired in my uh, academic performance, but I, I have the capacity if I could be engaged in something that I find intellectually stimulating. Mm-hmm. So that's that's one reason. And the other the other would be, um, you know, the students the students who do really well. A lot of times the students who do really well in the GPA is because they're nice kids and they're much more likely to get better grades and because they have a good relationship with the teachers. And, and so the so teachers, ah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the B minus instead of the C plus because you're such a good kid or whatever, right? So you're saying the teacher isn't necessarily uh, – the teachers aren't necessarily being honest, whether it's for better or for worse. Well, no, I think the teachers try to be honest, but I, can't, I think they can't help but be biased to some degree sometimes. You know, yeah. the, we can't find perfect objectivity, and that's where the, that's right. why this 
All right. Standardized so, tests. I get that, but more yeah. and more colleges. I mean, there's like a thousand of them now that are saying, "Yep, no standardized test." We don't. You can submit yeah. them, but we don't require yeah. them. So that's uh, that's fine. That's that's. Um, but is that my question? And I think a reasonable question is: Is that trend part of the dumbing down of education, or is it part of the whole? It's uh, or not is a it valid part? test anymore because of this Common Core crap, which I've heard. You know, which I've seen a lot of colleges say we don't think it's a valid assessment anymore because of how it's been changed. Yeah, I don't I don't know which colleges you might be referring yeah, to, but I, don't I know either. I mean, I, I just I do know, stuff I do know that I do know this that many um many presidents of colleges and universities had said before the college board decided to make a wholesale change in their test had come out and said we find the current SAT a, a, a good tool and a good predictor, and, and we don't see why you need to change it so dramatically. Right. Exactly, and they did, and now and, those colleges you know. are unhappy. So, but and I just look at the whole standardized test thing; it really bothers me because you know I think I got into Boston College despite mm-hmm. my scores, which I think were a combined eleven twenty, whatever mm-hmm. it was, thirty years ago, mm-hmm. which. You know, out of a maximum score at the time, I think was 1,600. Mm -hmm. I was not exactly at the top of the class when it came to that, but I did graduate 12th in my class Mm -hmm. with a weighted grade point average, I don't know, something like 3.7. I obviously did well. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, then I had to face another round of standardized tests called the LSAT, and I took Mm -hmm. them. Uh, in, uh, either before I graduated or immediately before I graduated. And I scored in something like the 75th percentile, mm-hmm. but I decided not to apply to law schools. And then I took it uh, about five years later where I was in the 51st percentile. So what do I do? I go and I apply to BC Law because I figured given what I did at Boston College as an undergraduate, mm-hmm. I mean, I did well. I was a magna cum laude graduate. I got inducted into the Order of the Cross and the Crown, which is not an inconsequential thing down there. Um, and uh, law school couldn't have cared less because my LSATs were abysmal. And there's a case where I have to say, you know, I, I would I would be a little bit uh, put out myself as well because hey, don't you value your own university's uh, uh, right. grading system? And, 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 <laughs> and, and, and I didn't do, get any. Why do you I, need to take I, a test? I don't think I got any dumber in the five years. Yeah. But I think what I didn't do, I mean, I didn't really do any test prep. I mean, I took the pre, I took the LSAT. Uh, test prep that the pre-law program I was part of at Boston College offered. So I went to the classes. I learned how to take the test and all that other fun stuff. So what 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 I didn't retain in that five year period of time was the the knowledge on how to take the test. Uh, I didn't I didn't all of a sudden become a dope. Well, maybe I did because yeah. I went to work. You know, no severe it, blow it, to the head. Or yeah. Anything well, like that, you know, <laughs> I did go to work in city politics, so maybe it was oh, repeated. That would dumb you down. Yeah, think, repeated. Yeah. And, and but anyway, all right, we're going to take a quick break for traffic, weather, and sports. We'll be back with Felix Alvarado of the Straight A Academy. We're talking standardized tests. Oh, the joy! Stay with us. 